Welcome to Film and Spirits Podcast with Fred and Sean. Today we'll discuss movie trailers and Super Bowl commercials. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. Film we are live. Welcome back. Well, we're not actually live. We're live right now. You and me are live. The listeners, they're not live. This is going to be like the past for them. No, they're basically enjoying a podcast in their car or like just listening to us while working or... Maybe working yeah, out, doing some chores. And wherever you are listening to Film and Spirits, we hope that yes. you're going to give us a little like, a follow, a review. All these things really, really help us. So right up the gate. Thank you if you do, and thank you if you're just joining us for the first time. And if you're wondering what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about pop culture and some drinks. Yeah, pop culture and some drinks. I think you you summarized it pretty well. And uh, sports, maybe some sports for uh, one of the rare occasion that oh, we refer to that industry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be our post Super Bowl uh, show. Where we have a bunch of commercial to discuss, so uh, no, for sure it's going to be exciting. I, I didn't really care about the Super Bowl this year, but damn, what a halftime show! <laughs> yeah, surprising, huh? No, it was a pff, not another great Super Bowl. I would say pretty pretty boring, and uh, I would uh, I would dare to say. But yeah, no, has such a, a nice uh, halfway show and uh, such good commercials as well. I think okay. I still need to catch up on a few of those, but uh, yeah, we have uh, we had some good surprises. Huh? That we did. That we did. Uh, before we get started, going down our little rabbit hole of wonder, as per usual, when we start off the shows, we, we pour ourselves a drink and we just sort of see what we're going and how we've been. So, Bradley, how, how have you been and what are you drinking? I've been okay. Um, so, this is actually the last episode before I leave on a well-deserved vacation in Alberta. Oh, you uh, with, yes, with my family and folks. So, uh, after COVID, of course, uh, yeah, we needed to get out a little bit. So, we're going to go skiing um, in, uh, in good old Alberta. It's going to be fun. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. And in terms of drink, um, so I'm back to whiskey this time. Uh, but actually, pick out something I tried before, but it's been a while and I forgot the taste. But are you familiar with the Lot 40 Rye Whiskey from Canada? Not. I'm not because it has rye in the title. So right, right away, you should know. <laughs> this doesn't I, rhyme with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we don't know if it rhymes with me. It's just not an avenue I've explored yet. All right, so it's supposed to be one of the most, I think, renowned or popular bottles of Canadian rye, apart from the Canadian Club rye. Um, I think it's been around since 2012, and it got really good reviews. I think it won like some awards since then. Um, and it's one of the whiskeys usually you always find, and people actually do like. Um, so yeah, the Lot 40 uh, 100% rye is a whiskey from Ontario, Windsor, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's been, uh, it's, it's, it's really, it's really good. Uh, I've been, apart from bourbon, of course, as you know, uh, I've been, I think, a growing fan of Canadian whiskey, especially rye whiskey, because I like that spicy feeling in my life. And uh, it fulfills the, the, it fulfills that dream for me. So, uh, no, I'm happy to try it again. And it's, um, it's a good one. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll determine, uh, I'll, I'll try to describe the, the taste a little bit more, but that's what I have in front of me. What about you, man? Well, cheers to that. You make me want to go try it now. Uh, for no particular reason today, I have brought out the big guns. Uh, I don't have a, a particularly impressive collection of scotch, whiskeys, and other spirits. It's something, as you know, that we're looking to, we're, we're exploring this part of our life where we're, we're exploring new things. And we're building up our collection as we go along. But this is my this is one of my big guns. So I brought out the Shivas Regal 18 today. This is my oldest bottle of Scotch whiskey that's currently in my collection. I picked it up when I was in Barcelona, I believe, in 2014. So I still have this bottle. I drink it wow. sparingly. I maybe have one or two a year. Uh, we're not even at the halfway point of the bottle yet, so the oxidization, we're, we don't have to worry about it right now. But this is one of the smoothest drinks I've ever had in terms of like a scotch or a whiskey. 
it is wow so smooth it's almost disgusting but in like an amazing way and <laughs> uh, you drink like a wise pope man i mean keeping that bottle since 2014 uh, you're, oh, yeah. you're well, good. i got a whole bunch of other ones though. like other ones that are perhaps of lesser quality i would drink more frequently so something akin to like a, a regular jameson i'll put that in the flask uh, i'll drink it more regularly Uh, whereas the more expensive I go, the more spread out I try to keep it. So I probably have anywhere between 10 and 12 bottles currently on hand. So mm. bouncing around between that and then having some beer, it just it's a way to prolong <laughs> that collection. Um, and things that just haven't like restocked on, like I haven't repurchased a, a bottle of Glenfiddich in a while. But this mm. bottle, I've put in two drops of water. It's two minuscule drops of water. That's going to open up the flavors a little bit more. And there's a crazy amount of notes with this particular drink because it's a higher quality drink. Sometimes you're mm. like, oh, yeah, I can have like a note or two. I doing some research on it just before, and there's something like 85 different flavor notes with this particular drink. <sighs> Complex. Yeah. Complex, yeah. but smooth. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, those are the big guns. I think uh, if you were the Terminator sh shopping for guns, I think it would be, like he says, a Uzi 9mm. <laughs> But you know the great thing is, even though it's a, it's an 18-year bottle of Scotch whiskey and it's got the blue label wrappings around it, for what it is, you're getting a great value for around $100 Canadian dollars. Yeah, yeah. sure, for But sure. There are other whiskeys that will charge arm and a leg more for a similar quality product so mm -hmm. if you're looking to bolster your collection with like a nice looking 18 year old bottle you couldn't go wrong with this particular one all right i hope i'll be looking for it next time i go to the seq so on that note cheers brother cheers enjoy your enjoy, enjoy your your fine enjoy spirit. your vacation as well when you get there mm. oh yeah we'll try oh wow oh that's good This is spicy as hell. Holy hell. This one is smooth, but it has that coarseness at the same time. So it's a little cold here today, but I can feel the warmth going down into my stomach. And it has hints of that like earthy, coarse tone, but it has a very light, immediate flavor at the same time. But it just goes, like, there's no reaction in your mouth. You know, sometimes you drink it and there's a... Immediate reaction, reaction. yeah. Immediate reaction. It just goes by. Mm -hmm. There's none of this. It just goes down like water. In but in terms of the smoothness, but in terms of the mm. flavor, the flavor is just, oof, oof. It's good. This nice. is this is an excellent bottle. I cannot recommend it enough. It's. <sighs> And on the nose, what you what were you getting? Like if you. My immediate reaction to the nose, I would probably say caramel. Really? For a scotch? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, caramel or... It's a little hard to tell because my nose is a little stuffy right now. It's nice and cold. But I'm, <laughs> I'm getting more like sweet flavors. Uh, maybe chocolate as well. Hmm. Chocolate, caramel. I'm getting that kind of like vibe. Interesting. Yeah. I get sweetness from mine as well, interestingly enough. But um, yeah, the first smell I got is like, I don't know, sugar cane or cotton candy. But once you drink it, like you have your, the, the, <laughs> the pepperiness of the rye just explodes in your mouth. And you're, you're left with, I don't know what's the term in English. I think it's cloves. Is that it? So something that's a little bitter, but really intense in, in terms of spiciness. And you're, le you're left with the, like a dry feel in your mouth, but not an unpleasant one. So, yeah, it's it's supposed to be reassuring at the nose, but once you drink it, it it explodes. <laughs> so it's a pleasant surprise. It's not bad. It's just it's it's surprising. So for for a Canadian rye, it's uh, it's definitely up there. Yeah. This one's definitely not spicy. I can certainly tell you that. Mm. Smooth, coarse, and light at the same time. Very complex. All right. Yeah, I like it because our taste and what we have usually is so different, you and I. But um, I would be curious if I would like taste it the same way that you do if yeah. I try it. Well, one day we're going to swap over. You're going to try this. I'll try one of your rye ones and we'll just go from there. We'll, we'll start flip-flopping. 
Yeah, we do for this. Uh, we we, we keep talking <laughs> talking about like that eventual re reunion where we share bottles, but yeah, this this needs yeah. to come soon. Well, I guess with the winter <laughs> struggle and everything, we're like, eh, we'll just wait until uh, it warms up a little bit, so it's easier. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm good for whiskey regardless of the well, season. I just but yes, more like, like the, the getting around aspect. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, of course, but I got you there. Getting around. Not a segue at all, but still the word I'm going to use to plant it. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the first three episodes of the Book of Boba Fett, if I'm not mistaken. First three, I think. Yeah, yeah exactly. We were talking about mm -hmm. how we were kind of lukewarm on the show so far. Um, mm -hmm. We weren't hating it, but we weren't loving it. We had some mixed opinions. The show has yep. now concluded. We were wrapped up, nice little bow. It, it has. Kenobi's yeah. on the horizon, May 25th. Yes. What do we think about the Book of Boba Fett now that it has concluded? You know what? My opinion hasn't changed much since last time we spoke because it's such a weird, narratively speaking, it's such a weird show. It's so because unorthodox in terms it's of so structure. It's so unorthodox and... I think it it gives us really like a clear idea of what they actually thought of Boba Fett or actually like the lack of inspiration they had with the character because the the two best episodes we got in the whole season are not about him. Oh, easily. Easily. <laughs> Episode five and six, I think we're pretty much like uh, in accordance with this is that there were the best episodes of the of this And, and uh, not even the, the best of the show. They're some of the best Mandalorian episodes. Pretty much uh, up, up there, yeah. With maybe some of the late uh, season two episodes, yeah, they're yeah, pretty much they're up, there. up there. Yeah. That's for sure. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Like uh, the Bryce Dallas Howard's episode, uh, the Return of the Mandalorian. Wow, like especially that first half, the conversations with the, the armor, uh, him yeah. being the, the bouncy at the beginning. There's a nice one shot where he's going into the elevator, uh, struggling to use the dark saber. Like we're talking about some really interesting stuffs here. And then the show, I felt like the show was doing a lot at the same time. It was, it was mm -hmm. called The Book of Boba Fett. I feel like this would have been better if it was called, like, Tales from Tatooine or something like that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, for sure. And not only that, <laughs> uh, by the end of episode six, we have the Cat Bane reveal. People who watch The Clone Wars are like, yeah, Cat Bane. He people, wasn't there for long. He wasn't yeah. there for long. And then people who haven't seen The Clone Wars are kind of going, well, who is this guy? And we spent four episodes at the front of the show learning about Boba's time with the Sand People. And that was an interesting story, but for over four episodes, that might have been a bit much. I think it probably mm. would have been better with the benefit of hindsight to do two episodes with the Sand People and then do two episodes with a younger Boba Fett with Cad Bane. And then you would have brought in Cad Bane maybe at the end of episode three or four in the, the present-day storyline. And then also have those flashbacks so you learn... Well, who is Cad Bane to Boba Fett? Because the show sort of expects you to be up to date on certain things. Even with Ahsoka Tano, like, the show never, or even Mandalorian, the show never really explicitly says that she's Anakin's apprentice, if I'm not mistaken. The show just sort of expects you to know this. Mm, yeah, well, I thought, yeah. But it's, it's from a marketing perspective i mean it's still wise because for the the viewer who didn't watch the clone wars who doesn't know who cad bane and ahsoka is is like oh okay so i need to go watch clone wars i'll go watch clone wars so movie more views more subscription more clicks on disney plus so but is that i don't a good I, thing I, for the story though no, maybe not. But yeah, from a business perspective, if from a business point, it, it does make sense. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a little, it's a little sketchy that they 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 did this like like that. And to be honest, I didn't expect Ahsoka to show up at all in no, this in this in, in this series. So I'm just like, what is she doing here? But um, yeah, it's not even set up for her own show. So that's what's a little bit weird. And it, they don't even explain how, um, well, spoiler alert, I guess, because we do see Luke Skywalker in this in this yes. show. Um, and we don't even know how he and Ahsoka met at all. No, we don't know. No. I think yeah. that's a very not a clue. story. Yeah. I, I want to know that story. Yeah, I do. Like, how did they find each other through the Force? Most probably. But even so, we didn't. we don't have a clue as to when exactly. Um, so yeah, so overall, I would say a, a, a disappointing show for sure, 
but you had some weird surprises that are strangely compelling yeah but again it, really it, it has nothing highs. to do with yeah but really high highs which would have nothing to do with boba fett and i think really high lows low lows i mean sorry uh which have everything to do with boba fett so it's it's yeah so it's it's i think it's a mixed bag like i would give it something like a six out of ten or five i would say 50 50 but yeah i think no a it's, six, it's 6.5 yeah. is a fair assessment because there's some episodes yeah. i would rank as a six by default six or seven and then those two mando episodes i would rank like nines yeah yeah i think like episode three i would probably rank probably like as a five even the finale like the whole finale was just the finale action. was okay i was I, kind I, of I, underwhelmed I, by it to be honest yeah because it was just it was a lot of action but I didn't buy into the stakes of anything. And there was just some no. odd decisions. Like, Boba Fett decides to go and get the Rancor. Well, why didn't he just go get a ship? Yeah. They're in and the same the place. Time it took, the, di- the time it took him to go to the palace, come back, on like and uh, again, to get the Rancor out of the pit, like ride him, learn to ride him correctly, go back to the... <laughs> Now, he must the have been village. training with a rank like, screen, but I guess it feels like yeah. there hasn't been that much time that passing because Danny Trejo like, this is going to take a lot of time. And I don't yeah. feel like we had that passage of time. No, uh, I would have of- given him like one more scene with the Rancor before we jump immediately yeah. to, to, to this scene because basically they're telling us okay he had time to bond with the Rancor but I don't buy that I'm like well we only had one scene with them together and then he rides him I'm like well okay I guess also but, didn't really yeah. buy into like Bobo is on this mission to become like a, a peaceful gangster and I talked about this before I think the show would have been better if he wanted to be like the marshal or the mayor but he still mm. wants to be like the gangster like racketeering is his racket like, people are paying him for protection money yeah and I, but yeah. by the end he's just like he, he's bowing and he's kind of complaining about like well, why do i have to do this i'm bowing i'm not cut out for this i'm like dude you just went on this entire thing and you're already complaining like mm-hmm. i i just still can't buy into boba fett's motivations and if i'm not buying into boba fett like the show kind of falls apart for me in terms of a narrative structure when your yeah. lead character is the least interesting part of your show, I mean, there's a problem. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I would reconsider doing a season two, or if they do want to make a season two, I would, I would get like their shit together because um, this the the next season, if there's one, needs to be only about him and propulse his. I mean, his path somewhere interesting, unexpected, but that doesn't totally defy like what he was before because that that's basically like the feeling i got is that the epiphany that he had after he got out of the sarlacc was like too like such of a 180 i'm like well so you're totally disregarding everything that you did before and i'm like when he actually killed cad bane well killed like we did, we don't actually know if he's dead. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. But I was like, okay, that's the best Boba Fett moment we had in the whole show. It's like he actually killed someone. <laughs> yeah, we also killed so Boba like, Fortuna at the end of the Mandalorian season two. Yeah, and that and was a badass move. And that was great. That was and a it's wildly out of character now. And mm-hmm. B, I'm still not entirely sure why he did it. Was it because he stole his ship? I don't know. I think yeah. he he wanted. You say I, I was gonna say he wanted the power, but that's not even the reason why uh-huh. he does it. I don't know. Yeah. The Boba Fett. He wanted the show would, would have like, negotiated with Bib Fortuna. Been like, Bib Fortuna. Would have yeah, been like exactly. Bib Fortuna, you've taken my crown through. I want it back. Let's negotiate. But then in the, the after credits, he just murders him. No questions asked. Yeah. Poof, dead, gone, out of the question. And we don't see yeah. that Boba Fett ever again. But you know what? I like that nod. Like the last scene we have with Boba Fett in the streets, like where he's like be be uh, he's um, eating fruits that like the the villagers give him. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a nice nod to the Godfather. I can I can see what they're doing there. But we, he doesn't Godfather even. Nods. Yeah, and I can get behind that. But again, he didn't act like a proper Godfather during the whole show. Yeah. I mean, he's he wanted to do too much good, and I'm like, well, the Godfather still has good values, but he did need to dirty his hands a little bit so 
I can buy into that in season two if they do it, but he needs to like get his hands dirty and like do the dirty work f- to keep the peace. Yeah. That I can get behind, but he doesn't. He doesn't even do it in this no. show. So when yeah. it comes to stories about criminal characters, uh, movies or shows, The Sopranos, Goodfellas, it's always interesting to see these stories because the characters are so morally complex. These are pretty vile individuals. But they're not just bad people. You get to see them at home with the family life. You get to see their hopes, their dreams, and their values, and how they instill their values on other people. And you can make villainous characters sympathetic. Mm. And I feel like the show was like, nope, they can't have a bad guy as the main character. He's got to be good because Disney. That's why not? I mean, Disney, if why he's, not? If, why not? I mean. I think that oh, would be we're so talking more about rewarding. Yeah. And again, like the PG-13 scenes they have with him are the best we've seen of him ever. Like the episode six of um, Mandalorian season two, when he was kicking ass on yeah. uh, and beating the stormtrooper. I was like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. the Boba Fett we wanted. We have him. And Boba in, Fett is not this Boba Fett. Uh, apart maybe from a few scenes, but they're, they're really few in numbers. Yeah few in numbers but even like the attitude the tone it just felt so different and i can't help but wonder if there were some behind the scenes like board meetings that were like uh boba fett was pretty popular in the mandalorian uh, and we're going to give him a show but we can't have him have him just murdering folk anymore we're going to have to set him on the the path yeah yeah boy anyway that's the impression i get but at the end of the day Book of Boba Fett. Eh. Meh. Yeah, exactly. Meh. It's a not, meh show. It's a like, meh show. watch not, it if you're bad. a hardcore not. fan of Star Wars, but no, no, it's a meh show. Yeah, it's, it's a meh, meh show. Yeah. Like, watch it the one time, but I, I don't think I'm going to be rewatching it at any point soon. The only things I probably will be rewatching are the two Mando episodes. Yeah, same here before season three, yeah. maybe, basically. Also, a quick but yeah. note on, because we're talking about the Mando episodes, but I, another criticism. And this is more of like the overall design. But I found that Grogu's reintroduction to Mando happened much too quickly and that it undermined the season two finale of Mandalorian. I do agree with this because the season two finale was like a gut punch because you're like, oh, okay, they're, they're going to say goodbye now and yeah. we won't see them together for a while. And well, well, yeah, okay, exactly. one at least for a while. Three. Yeah. With a capital W. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and after that, okay, a year later, Book of Boba Fett comes up and oh, okay, Grogu again with Luke. We see them and okay, he gives Go- Grogu a choice. That scene was really good, though, by the way, the the. the mm-hmm. <laughs> the absolute scene where Luke says, "Okay, either you choose the armor, either you choose the lightsaber." Great scene. I really like. Shows that how and the music Luke as well. Still is. Yeah, he doesn't have and, the answers. And it it fixes, I think, a few things for Episode Eight on yes. the Luke that we had. And I'm like, okay, good thing that you did this yeah. scene. It actually he, makes sense. Yeah, he's doing things the wrong way. Exactly. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking because he we about know it. Yeah. where we know where this is going to go, and it's heartbreaking to see him make that decision in his Jedi Temple, mm-hmm. which will ultimately be destroyed. Yeah, but, but I, to yeah, finish, again, I did find it much too quick. I, I would have yeah, no, to much too quick for Man, Grogu to come back at maybe the end of season three. Because there are no surprises for the next season. Because we know exactly, at, like, the setting. Like, okay, Grogu and Mando are back together. Most likely, Mando will try to get back into the Mandalorian order or claim Mandalore with the Darksaber, probably. Reluctantly, uh, I think. Reluctantly, but still, I mean, yeah, they, they just... The, the, there are a few surprises that it, they could have left for the, the final portion of the third season yeah and they just okay no we'll do it in another show but <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was, anyway it was so weird. <laughs> it's weird but yeah. yeah let's finish on that note we're chill that's we're, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so all right yeah before we go over to super bowl trailers i thought this trailer was going to come out at the super bowl but universal just decided yeah we're going to drop it a few days before we don't need to pay for that marketing the Jurassic World Dominion trailer came out just a few days yeah. before the Super Bowl. So it's on Good. my most anticipated list. It wasn't on yours, as we've talked about. I, I wish I wish it was. Um, but 
uh, although I'll say this, I did like what I saw. Um, I like that the three main characters of the original are back together. And surprisingly, the way they looked, I don't know exactly how they're going to put them back into the fold. They look good. I was like, oh, okay, they're great together. They, they looked apart. Um, but yeah, no, Jurassic World, I mean, since the the, the, the first Jurassic World movie in, 20, what, 2015? 2015, yeah. Uh, no, the Jurassic Park sequels did not entertain me as I, as I hoped they would. Um, it's like mostly a CGI fest and... I don't know, it, it lost the magic, I think, of seeing dinosaurs on the big screen. I don't know. They, it, it just They're seems like... dinosaurs more like monsters. Yeah. Yeah, like Jurassic World came out, I think, a year after Gareth Edwards' Godzilla movie. And Jurassic mm -hmm. World is a better monster movie than Godzilla 2014. Uh, I did movie. like Godzilla. Not per se uh, yeah. a better movie, but a better monster movie. Yeah, yeah, possibly because I did like uh, Godzilla 2014. I did so enjoy did that movie, but uh, yeah, maybe they do treat them that monsters, and I think it goes against what um, the original films by Steven Spielberg were about. It's not about the dinosaurs being evil. It's about nature taking its course, and maybe some things were meant to happen so humans and dinosaurs don't live in the same world. But nothing again, nothing regarding, okay, the dinosaurs are bad. We have to kill them. We have to uh, fight them. It's never been about that. But yeah, I think we're losing track of this. Maybe not in this one, though. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion. It seems like, okay, they're going to find a way to, I don't know, actually, at this point, try to live with the dinosaur, which is an interesting concept, yeah. I guess. But I think the first parts of the trailer where he's on like horseback, He's kind of like wrangling the dinosaurs as if it was just another stallion. I thought that idea was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, there's parts of the trailer I was like, ooh, nice. Uh, there's certain shots where like the jaws are closing in on like the cage, uh, where Bryce Dallas Howard's character is submerged underwater, and there's a dinosaur just above the mm -hmm. waterline, and you can see the camera sort of like going up and down. Um, Things like that, I'm like, interesting, interesting. And then when you see like Chris Pratt on like a motorcycle being chased by raptors on the streets of, I'm guessing, Spain, I was like, not so sure about this part. Yeah. No, again, it's it, it feels more like Jurassic World we've seen where he rides a motorcycle with the, in the forest with the, the raptors behind, uh, next to him. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean... I'll, <laughs> I'm not even even sure I'll see it in the theaters, to be honest. I, I think I'll rent it once it comes out, but I'll even... Well, maybe not. Maybe if it's really good and the critics are really sympathetic towards the film, I'll go see it in the, on the big screen. But no, the, the, the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World sequels are not doing it for me. But it, it, like that being said, I still like the trailer. And I, as like since I'm attached to the original movie, seeing... Um, the three original characters like Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern, and Sam Neill's character again. I was like, oh, okay, that yeah, that's. And they're cool. not just gonna be like tiny cameos. It looks like they're. No, 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 movie. secondary roles. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that is very welcoming. Yeah. 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 And it, I just I just hope they'll do it the right way. It's, it doesn't feel rushed or pushed, but uh, yeah, no, I can't. Uh, uh, yeah, this is this is gonna be an interesting one. I'm not hyped, but I'm I'm curious. Yeah, I, I'll say I this. want to like it and I'm, I'm hopeful that it's going to stick the landing so I'm here with fingers crossed and like I, I did also like the trailer I was like ooh like this has potential yeah it has potential yeah, I would say I, don't, I, yeah. I wasn't like hating it I'm like this has me fairly excited while also being like maybe maybe not at the same time but I'm leaning more towards the excited side Who's directing, by the way? I forgot. Trevorrow. Oh, it's Trevorrow? Okay. Yeah. Back, uh, I thought he only did the, the first one. one. He did the first mm. one. It's uh, J.A. Bayona is doing, did the second one. And that'll be a nice segue, actually. And Colin Trevorrow's back for the third one. Mm, and I mentioned J.A. Bayona because he directed the first two episodes of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which gave <laughs> its teaser at the Super Bowl. Yeah. See, see what uh, I did there? See what I did see, there? A nice segue. <laughs> Thank you.
Yeah, this one for sure I'm curious and I'm interested. Um, I mean, you and I, we grew up with Lord of the Rings, I guess, 20, 2001, 2002, 2003. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I guess I think my flame um, or my love for the Lord of the Rings faded a little bit because I wasn't really satisfied with the Hobbit trilogy. Uh, I mean, I liked the second one, but the other films, eh, not so much. So yeah, I, I really I'm the second Hobbit movie as well. But yeah. I, I'm also like I read the books. I've read all of the. First no, I haven't. Content, like <laughs> I wasn't that games. patient. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in the Tolkien verse. Mm. I mean, yeah, I was for a time, but no, I didn't read the books. I did play the video games though, the Return of the King on Xbox. That was fun. That was pretty good actually for a video yeah. game movie adaptation. That was pretty. It was solid. not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. You should play uh, but the, yeah, uh, the Shadow of Mordor games. Shadow of Mortar, uh, so they're available on on consoles, not yeah, just yeah. PC. Yeah, no, okay. Those other fairly recent too. That's it's kind of like Arkham Asylum if it was Middle Earth. Ooh, okay, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I was a Arkham send, Asylum fan. I'll send so, you a clip yeah. later or something. Like it's uh, there's two of them that are out now, but they're, please they're, do. They're pretty fun. I think you know what for okay. So Rings, um, Lord of the Rings, the the Rings of Power. That's the title, I guess. That's yeah, it's a long title. I just uh, call it Rings of Power. I'm I'm not skeptical about it. I'm just curious about the practical effects and how they reproduce the Lord of the Rings world. Because what was so iconic about the original trilogy is that everything mostly was practical effects. A pro mm -hmm. a maybe b b besides like Gollum, of course. And there but yeah, exactly. But everything looks so believable. Like I couldn't even tell that huge cities like Minas Tirith were actually miniatures I'm like wow this is so good this is so cool but uh and I was young at that at that point maybe I even figure out they build the whole thing up you know but uh I'm just I'm just worried that they'll CGI the shit out of, out of it um I'm not worried about the story nor the characters and I, I know that it's like what young Kane Blanchett and young Hugo Weaving so yeah. young Galadriel and Elrond in there their prime the as elves and there's a few there's a lot of new characters written specifically for the show and a lot of characters yeah can you summarize it for me please because i didn't write it i was busy with work please yeah, summarize was, uh, Hi give your highlights please <laughs> well, off the top of my head i was talking about like i'm excited for like the look and feel the attention to detail the showrunners were talking about like how accents and how people were talking are important to the different races in middle earth and there's some like attention to details like we see this opening shot of numenor and the mountain in the distance has a flat top and it's like that's nice attention to detail that's an important piece of information um we have some interesting writers on board i didn't write about it but we got some interesting writers who are on board with this show. Uh, for what I understand, Howard Shore is going to be involved in some way or another. Oh, that's uh, good. I think that's he's probably just going to be doing yeah. the, the main theme and maybe like writing the compositions. And for what I understand, Bear McCreary is going to be doing the score during the show. So I think there might be some sort of collab. Um, the Second Age is just ripe, of, full of content. There's going to be a lot of really interesting stuff in there. And I'm also worried that there's way too many characters i think there's 22 mm. main characters in only eight yeah. episodes so that is cramming a lot of characters and it's not only a lot of characters a lot of characters over a lot of different space and time like we're talking mm. all the way in the north of middle earth map all the way to the west in numenor we got the elves which is closer to like the great havens in linden and we're talking about far south of gondor as well with some of the plot lines so we're and uh, Kazadum as well. So we, mm. we got a lot of characters covering a lot of ground in only eight episodes. That is a little worrying. And we didn't see Celebrimor in the trailer, who's the guy who forges the rings. And from what I understand, Sauron is not in this season. So I feel like the season's just going to be set up. Mm. Which also mm. worries me. Yeah. Yeah. So no. Yeah. No. I. No. No big set pieces. No. No. Not. Not set pieces. I mean, yeah, uh, not. But, no big climax. Yeah. But hard to say because some of the shots in the trailer also tease the first age. So he might not be ending on a big set piece. 
but we might be starting with a big set piece because mm. we might be traveling back in time to the first age because the Amazon production has the rights to anything that's in the Lord of the Rings books and the Hobbit. So they're pulling a lot of this from the appendices. And then the appendices mm. is also a lot on the first age and that's where Galadriel's two of her brothers die in the first age. And we know that Galadriel is sort of on this like revenge quest to find those under Morgoth's uh, devout legions who killed her brother, essentially. I think you know much more than me on this universe, to be honest. So I wouldn't be able to follow you all the way. But um, no, I mean, I'm, since I, I love the original films, I'll watch this 100%. Um, again, I, I it's just. Love it. like, I, I want to love it as well. Half uh, a billion dollars on season one. Yeah. With something, I think it's something. 454, if I'm not mistaken. 454 million dollars. If this show does not stick the landing, or come close to sticking the landing, it will be forever remembered as that expensive show that failed. Oh yeah, they can't get it wrong. Yeah. So the show that, needs to have something like a ninety percent on Metacritic. Yeah. Yeah, and it needs to be no. It's an important claim. It can't have the reception the Hobbit has. It's it's an important trademark, so for sure they they can't really like mess this up. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm 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 optimistic. I think they'll deliver something interesting. Will it be as good as what we have before? I, I doubt it, but it's I think it's gonna like interest a new generation into the Lord of the Rings universe. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the purpose here. Uh, but yeah, I'm optimistic. We'll see where yeah. it goes. Fingers but uh, it looks good. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Uh, what else did we see in the commercials? Um, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse madness. of Madness. So that's how it basically yeah. kicked off the Super Bowl. It was just, boom, one of the first things you see. Two minutes plus. Uh, it was a pretty long trailer. And, I mean, are we in agreement? Patrick Stewart? <laughs> yeah, well, he, he isn't there. We yeah, heard his voice. We heard his voice. I was like, and there oh. were, like, a mountains of memes <laughs> After this trailer, saying like, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the the, the Captain Phillips reference, who's like, <laughs> you know the the pirate uh, no, looks at Tom me, Hanks, is like, I'm the I'm the look at me, I'm the captain now, yeah. and you have like the 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 pirate is actually Patrick Stewart, and you have Tom Hanks who's Spider Man, and Patrick Stewart is like, look at me, I'm the first MCU movie now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, possibly, yeah, possibly, yeah, it might be uh changing the timeline completely now yeah Yeah. no totally but no for sure i mean we've only scratched the surface of what we're going to see in this film in terms of either cameos or references to other films i think Um, this movie in terms of cameos is going to make no way home look tame by comparison oh pretty much yeah i can expect that as well yeah Um, there's a lot of rooms around we're going to get uh Tom Cruise might show up as Iron Man because Tom Cruise was auditioning for the role. We're getting some like wild theories out there, but some more plausible ones. Like we might get uh, both Marshala Ali and Wesley Snipes' Blade. Possible. Yeah, because the new Blade we still have to actually discover. Because if I'm not mistaken, I saw The Eternals recently and there's an end credit scene yeah. where we hear his voice and we know it's him, but we don't see him. So we still have like the Blake character to be revealed. Yeah, there's but, also rumor uh, that uh, John Krasinski might show up as Reed Richards because Fantastic Four is now part of the MCU. So, but is he officially was he officially casted as that no, guy just, from Fantastic Four? Just but a rumor. I've yeah. seen the rumor being floated around a few times, and I'm like, I think anything is possible now because of this movie. Like, all bets are off. Before I would yeah, because like, of No Way Home, all yeah, bets are off. Yeah. No Way Home. See anybody. The idea of the multiverse. I would before. Uh, like during Avengers Endgame time I would have been like get out of here with your crazy theories and now I'm like I wouldn't take that bet because it's entirely possible that he could show up anything's possible and now we've seen Patrick Stewart he's going to be in it which means all the X-Men that are associated in that timeline are all theoretically part of the MCU and could return Hmm. as well as all the ones in the McAvoy timeline as well technically I'll ask a big and unfair question because, again, both of us, we like the Marvel movies, but 
at this point, I'm trying the originality card. Do you think that this is really creative and original just to pin everything on the multiverse and say, okay, like all bets are off. We can do whatever we want. There's no rules. We can bring back people from other franchises and other other movies prior. I'm, at this point, it's just even if it's cool, it looks it's it looks like a cheap trick. If it, I don't know. If it maybe, doesn't work from a narrative point of view, that's exactly what it will be. It will yeah. be a parlor trick of, well, look at look at all our toys that we've dumped out onto our chest, and we can play with all of these toys now. Look at us. Look at us. That's what happens if it doesn't work, and if it does work, it'll be this movie that transcends space and time by pulling things from the past and from other properties and somehow bringing it all together in a cohesive narrative because my fear is that marvel is blinded by money the money that the, the disgusting amount of money they've made off spider-man no way home that i'm just like well okay so now they know what works uh so are are they gonna keep making the same recipe over and over and over again that's I, my I fear but i hope not but yeah. We, yeah we don't know we but. don't know i think visually speaking though the trailer had my attention there's a lot of wacky shots out there uh and sam raimi's directing it so i hope we're getting something that's different than what we've seen in the mcu it looks like there's a bit more of a psychological darker version yeah like a horrific like a horrific supernatural film yeah i yeah. can i can see what so you're in terms of what, what you mean there yeah. stylistically different i think that'll be interesting in and of itself yeah yeah i'm curious because yeah sam raimi has been a quiet guy since he made the spider-man trilogy he has the last movie was oz He didn't, oh, and that that wasn't a great success. No, so <laughs> but he's been doing a lot of TV with uh, like Ash versus Evil Dead. Mm. He was uh, executive producing Spartacus, so he's definitely been working. He just hasn't been on the big screen. Well, good for him because he he was a talented director like in his day and age. So now I'm sure he's going to do a good job with um, with this one. Because I wasn't a big fan of the first Doctor Strange film. It was okay at best. Yeah, but it was, it was a fine movie. I think it was bogged down by humor and mm. a so-so villain. But once again, like amazing visuals. Yeah, good visuals. Yeah, yeah good I would visuals. agree. An interesting story if it was derivative of the first Iron Man at the same time. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned that you watched Eternals. Uh, quick thoughts? Good. Yeah, like surprisingly it. good and maybe i'm against the current because a lot of people are bitching on it and say that it's one of the worst marvel films ever because it doesn't know what it is because the ending is really just cgi fights and the whole the, the rest is like a, an entirely other thing but this film i found really beautiful and poetic i really really enjoyed it um because maybe i was so tired of the marvel formula for the other films even if i do enjoy them from time to time it was like oh, i want something different now i i, I know what can I, what i can expect from marvel films but this one there was a human portion or a sentimental portion to it that was bigger than what we had prior and i like the characters a lot more um so i don't know for for me there was this was a great film a great marvel film really I, liked it i, I hope th they do a second one but i think eternals actually would because you're talking about the marvel formula i think eternals was best when it was stepping away from the marvel formula and every yeah. time like a big dumb cgi fight came in it almost felt like well we need to have a cgi fight here so we need to like randomly insert one yeah and i those were the least interesting parts of the movie for me but the final fight was good though i mean maybe the other fights along the way not so much but the final fight was actually kind of good yeah. i, I did actually like it fight in the, the movie that's for sure but the deviants were kind of just like yeah we're yeah we've seen that. something uh, like this before but yeah. i agree i i, I definitely don't see the hate Uh, I gave it a. Six. I don't get the hate. Yeah. I don't get the hate. Honestly, if, I think if that I were people. To give a, a number. I would have given it a seven on ten. With oh, an eight it, for there me. There was definitely eight point five. Yeah, an eight point five for me. 
So yeah. I think I was a little harsher on some elements like the deviance and the use of action. But there were other parts of the movie I really enjoyed. The, those mm-hmm. quieter moments. Yeah. yeah. But again, they didn't ex- they didn't explain well, and I think people are still joking about it, but why the Eternals got didn't get involved into like the Avengers Infinity War plot and even if they try to explain it in the film, like, no, I don't get behind this. No. Sorry. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Thanos, like, knocking 50% of the whole universe out. I'm like, no, you would have done something. But it's Isn't okay. Isn't Thanos I uh, a deviant as well, technically? The, yeah, he's supposed to be. Or Titan. What's, he's what's a, he's a deviant Titan, I think, right? Is he? Um, I think so. I think he's got I the deviant know. gene in He's it. a That's Titan, why... but I don't know if he's a deviant. I think but... he's a deviant Titan. That's why he's purple. Oh, so like okay. <laughs> the whole argument sort of like collapses in and of itself, but yeah. But Eternals, yeah. Final thoughts. Wa- watch it. I mean, I know yeah, a lot of people sh- shit on it, and there's a lot of bad reviews or mixed reviews. But it's honestly a refreshing film, all things considered, considering what we've been seeing from the Marvel verse for the past few years in terms of action, entertainment, CGI fest or whatnot, this movie is actually really different and it's it's welcomed. I, I liked it for this and it, it it's not bad. It's really, it's worth the watch. So go, it's on Disney Plus now. Go watch it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. that's for sure. Um, for the Super Bowl, I haven't seen the first one, so it makes no difference to me. But did you see the Sonic trailer and what did you think about it? Does it? (laughs) I haven't seen the first one either and I want to, but I'm like, oh, is it really worth my time? I didn't play Sonic that much when I was young. I had to see the Sega Dreamcast and I remember remember my brother playing Sonic Heroes on the Xbox. But uh, I, I want to watch it, but will I find it too childish? Maybe. I have a couple of friends I don't who know. love the Sonic movie. I know. It's supposed to be actually quite good. People, yeah. it's been a lot of positive reviews. I, I, I should watch it, but I don't know why. I just don't find the time or I put it on back burner and it, I always like delay, but I, sh- I should watch it. It's supposed to be a good film. You yeah. should totally watch it. I know. I yeah. will. That's going to be our mutual yeah, mission exactly. for the we'll, next we'll episode. We'll watch, watch Sonic. the Sonic film. Goals. <laughs> But yeah, so I don't have I have zero opinion on the second film because I haven't watched the first one. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty much the same for me. I haven't seen the first one. I've never been a diehard Sonic fan. I've played a couple of them here and there, maybe play the side-scrolling ones, but I'm not really invested in it. Uh, I, the movie came out. I remember the first trailer came out, and there was a, like Abomination that was Sonic. And it became a meme, and then the movie came out, and they're like, "Hey, it's actually good." But I think at that point, it was just sort of like, "Yeah, like whatever, it's good, but it's probably not for me because I'm, I'm not a Sonic fan." And now we got the second one, and they're bringing out like Knuckles and Tails. Knuckles, and, yeah, I was excited to see Knuckles yeah, and Tails. So, like, so I do remember these characters. It, so. it looks like it's going to be great for fans of Sonic. Um, maybe I'll become one of those fans for the movie, but at this point, I'm sort of just like. Yeah, whatever. Cool. You mentioned the abomination that was the original Sonic in the first trailer we got, and that's that that get, get, got me thinking about the similar backlash we got from the Halo TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, because I wrote I wrote a piece on Screen Hub on the the Halo TV series because I'm really excited for it. But we got a second trailer not so long ago uh, where we got a lot of details. And I think a lot of people, a lot of hardcore fans were like, oh, what? Oh, not, not okay, so there's some things. Yeah, not some welcoming tours. It's like, oh, okay, they made some things different that we don't like too much. And I don't know if you're a har- hardcore Halo fan, uh, because I know you play on PlayStation. But um, Yeah, I haven't played yeah. Halo 5 or 6 because I don't have the means, but I've basically played all of them, and I'm a big fan of books. Yeah. So, what do you think of the whole like the, the the look and feel of the show from the second trailer? Because I'm a little worried on a few things. Not a lot, but a few things. Yeah, I would say that the second trailer decreased the hype for me a little bit. I think that first trailer, teaser trailer, I was like, ooh, and the second one came out, and I was like, uh, a few flags have gone up. A few flags yeah. definitely have gone up. 
I'm not pitchforking, I'm keeping an open mind. But defenses are up a little bit. Yeah, no, same here. And I think I, sp I specifically think of two things because the rest of the trailer was okay, but two things I noticed. One for sure was the look of Cortana because I was sure, okay, they're going to do Cortana as a like completely synthetic CGI being, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But they it didn't even do that. They actually put the real actress, <laughs> give her like a bluish feel or a bluish um, juxtaposition over her face. And she has like, I don't know, uh, glowy things on her face. And <laughs> that's her. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. Understandable oh, oh no. why they're back into the reaction, <laughs> considering she's usually this little she's a, hologram. Yeah, she's a hologram in the whole games. For people who are listening who never played the the Halo games, she's a computer generated image in blue or purple, give or take. Um, but that's it. But the way she looks like a hologram way, in Star Wars, for yes, essentially, like a, a and it's perfect version. if they kept it like that but they didn't they made her more human i'm just like oh no that yeah, was a, a, a bad deviation. decision maybe they'll change it before we'll see but uh like they did with sonic but it's it's in march now so yeah, it's i think, I think it's happening. too that's not happening they'll keep no. it as is and the second point and i think maybe it's stupid it's it's too fanboyish of me to say so but the voice of master chief i'm like no yeah, why didn't you just, just take weird. the original actor's voice and problem solved but yeah, i don't know for you know. weird uh, i wonder if that means we're going to be seeing chief or john with his helmet off which will be weird because why would you hire pablo schreiber if again like mano you're just going to have his voice for the most part you hired uh, pedro pascal for his voice but why not just hire the guy who does chief's voice in the games because yeah that's that's chief I know that's chief. That's the voice is so iconic. So I'm, 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 I'm just not understanding. But why couldn't you pay the voice actor to to play the voice of Master Chief? That doesn't make yeah. sense. And uh, I don't know. Maybe out of respect for the actor, uh, would I, I can understand. But I'm okay if he removes like maybe his his helmet once, like they did in the first season of Mandalorian, and he doesn't speak. I'm like, okay, this could work. But I think if yeah. you would, uh, take the helmet off of the chief. I think that would be fundamentally wrong. Would it? Yeah. Yeah. Well. I think there's something to be said about this faceless hero of mankind. He's sort of like the final last resistance for all of humanity. And, and he's faceless. And he's yeah. faceless. We don't even know who he is, which means as a player, you can imagine him however you want. He might be extremely good looking. He might be scarred up to crazies. Um, like, we don't know he's going to, I mean, it's up to us to sort of become john in a certain way and mm. by dehumanizing him we can sort of empathize with him especially when you get to learn the story a bit more like he's essentially a, ch a child yeah yeah like he's a a child who's taken and he has all the serums in him and he's much bigger and i don't know how old he is right now but like he's gonna look big and strong but he is a, he's a kid and yeah. I think that's something very interesting. And to hide behind the helmet and be so focused on the mission, but then having that relationship with the artificial intelligence, there's something very interesting in that story. And I think the second you take that helmet off, that story crash lands. Yeah, interesting point. I would, you know what? You're, you have me convinced. Yeah. <laughs> so I, hopefully they won't take his helmet off. But I hope not. I'm skeptical. A story that would have been done coming from someone who likes the Halo books quite a bit, but I think adapting a Halo show with Chief as the main character was a stupid decision. Uh, they should have made it around somebody else, and Chief just pops up. Yeah, yeah. I think they should have taken a Spartan Four, have Chief show up maybe uh, towards the end, uh, kind of like how Mando showed up in Boba Fett. And you tell a, a new story about a new Spartan. This Spartan can take his helmet off because he's a Spartan 4, not a Spartan 3. And but it's still a possibility, man. I mean, 
if we're being fair, we just saw two trailers and they give us Master Chief because they ex we expect him to be there. So yeah. he'll be there. But we don't know. Maybe the narrative is going to be around somebody else entirely. And we get glimpses of him and we get some major action, action scenes with him. But maybe he's not the sole focus of the show. Maybe. I don't think we'll he's not the sole focus of the show, but I think he'll be like the main Spartan. Yeah. And it's probably mm. him and uh, uh, what's her name? Dr. Halsey. Dr. Rousey's character, yeah, I think yeah. I think the first few episodes are going to be focused on her mostly. The rest we'll see, but yeah, totally. Yeah. But yeah, so the Halo show, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, no trailers of the Super Bowl, but still, I mean, we'll discuss it in future episodes when it comes out on Paramount Plus in March. But yeah, I I had, had to get this get off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. What else did we miss in the commercials? Uh, I thought we, I think we forgot yeah. something big. Uh, think so no kenobi okay. didn't drop a trailer and i was nope I was just totally a poster expecting it so a vague poster a but vague still poster good came out a few days before and we were all like yeah there's gonna be a super bowl trailer why wouldn't there but no there wasn't um i don't think there was anything other major in terms of pop culture uh there, well there's a nope teaser that was only like 30 seconds long yeah the jordan pill uh, totally jordan pill by look and feel of the trailer i'm yeah. like yeah this is jordan pill <laughs> exactly not much to go on yet but no and nope. a simple title a simple yeah. title just nope. <laughs> nope, 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 get, nope. get out us and nope <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see where that goes but jordan peel automatically has my interest Oh yeah, he's a talented filmmaker. Yeah, it's on 100%. my most anticipated for sure. Uh, like close, right close. Yeah, yeah, I would put him uh, maybe at the bottom of my list. But yes, I'll, yeah, I'll go it's watch it. On there. It's not. It's not a high ranking, but it's definitely in my top twenty of the year, which is now yeah. nineteen because Mission Impossible is not on the list anymore. So my top twenty article is now top nineteen. Yeah, what a crazy thing, huh? Mission Impossible being delayed again, again, again. Uh, so we're gonna see it in 2023. See you there. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I but, think uh, uh, I think we've covered everything we have to talk about today. Yes, we did. And yeah. the next time we talk, uh, it's gonna be maybe a little later than expected. But yeah, once I come back from vacation, uh, hopefully we'll see what comes out in March. Um, when is the Oscars? It's is it in April or in March? So we can discuss the the Oscars uh, it's together. In March. Um, yeah, we're gonna late talk. March. We'll talk yeah. about that. We'll talk about the winners. We'll talk about the nominations and perhaps how weird those nominations were. But we'll talk the about snubs, the snubs, Oscar snubs. We'll, about, yeah. we'll do a big Oscar episode and we'll talk about the winners and the nominations just at the same time. That way we don't have to break mm -hmm. up that conversation. Yes, if not for sure, we should do that. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the date of the Oscars, but I think it's late March. Uh, but yes, we'll have an episode dedicated to this. Um, and yeah, man, uh, whenever I'll try to go, I know theaters are open again, hoping yes. like, thank God, uh, I'll try to go see something. Uh, we'll see. I'll discuss it in the next episode, but, uh, I'll try to go see at least my, my personal mission before we talk again is to go see at least one film in the theaters I'll that see we can discuss together. I'm considering going to go see Uncharted on Wednesday. I'm, I never played Uncharted. I'm an Xbox guy, not a PS yeah, guy, so I can't, I so can't you relate. You actually might like it better then because you're not going to be comparing it to the game like I will. Possibly, yeah, but maybe I'll compare it I'll much compare too much to Tomb Raider. Yeah. All the other trailers, and I'm there like, that ain't Sully, pointing at Mark Wahlberg. But maybe I'll compare it too much to Tomb Raider. That's the problem. But yeah, I... Um, I should go. What are the the reviews so far? Are, are they positive or negative? Or? I think when it first came out in the UK, they were pretty negative, but now they sort of leveled out to being around 6 and 7 average. Okay, so it's mixed. I heard it's, so. yeah, it's like kind of mixed. I heard it's fine but forgettable. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah figures. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to go watch it? Yeah, I might, so, uh, yeah, I might go right, after, perfect. depending on the show times. Uh, I got my first aid training next week, and if the show times align up, uh, cinemas across the street. So, we'll see. All right, personal mission for you: review Uncharted. Speak on it. We'll speak about it next time, and I'll go see either this or something else, and uh, we'll review it next time. And we'll have a guest soon. I don't have a yeah. uh, date confirmed, but I have a good friend of mine who was uh, is a film director. Um, like Alberto, uh, he's doing more things in the Quebec market, but he has a lot of uh, interesting stuff to talk about, and he's a massive Jurassic Park fan. Mm -hmm. So maybe he'll uh, he'll light that candle that's been 
<laughs> that, that's been not lit for so long for me about the the Jurassic World universe. Uh, maybe he'll uh, he'll make uh, he'll make that hype. He'll uh, yeah. make got, it hype uh, for me again. Yeah. I got two potential guests lined up as well in the near future. Just need to confirm a few things, but it looks like we're gonna have some guests on the show starting uh, in a couple of episodes at least. Damn right, brother. No, I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, it was a pleasure, as always, buddy. Always. Uh, take take care of yourself. Enjoy the remainder of your scotch. Don't drink too much. Oh. Save some for the big occasions. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone already. It's gone. And, uh, all right. And, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next time once I come back. Wonderbar. Enjoy your vacation. Thanks, brother. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Cheers.